Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to the latest Believe in Florida Gators podcast. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. You can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall and find all of my work, whether it be podcasting, writing, uh, covering the Gators as a whole over at allgators.com, part of Fan Nation Sports Illustrated. And of course, you want to keep hearing these pods, make sure to subscribe, rate and review. Let us know how we're doing as we bring you weekly, sometimes even more than weekly, Gators content. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and co-writer over at allgators.com, Demetrius Harvey. You can find him on Twitter at Demetrius82. Demetrius, say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone? I hope you've had an enjoyable few days away from us. I hope that you know now we're back into your homes, back into your cars. You can just listen to us and, and experience what is probably the best Florida Gators podcast um, known to man because you know I'm not biased it's just I just believe in us that much and I think that you guys believe in us too so um, thanks for tuning in and, and and thanks for you know listening along I know it's kind of a little boring because football isn't necessarily being played but we got plenty to talk about you know we had the draft we had um, a bunch of other stuff that that's going on so um, I hope you guys keep listening five stars only uh, that's a fact right there Absolutely. I'm glad that uh I'm glad you're happy to be back Demetrius I'm glad that you uh you sent that message out to our listeners to let them know that you're sitting there right next to them. <laughs> right next to their homes. In their yes, ears. and in their homes, in their cars. They may not be able to see you, but you're there. You're with I'm them. I'm there. Uh, like Demetrius said, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, NFL draft came and went. We previewed it last week, and now we're going to review it. Uh, the three Florida Gators that were selected, their fewest since 2012, but also that's the ninth year of the last 10 that they've had a first-round pick that being Kyrie Elam out of Buffalo. Uh, we'll be talking about the draft. We're going to talk some recruiting, transfer portal stuff, specifically at the wide receiver position. And then last but not least, we are excited to talk to you about bagels. You'll learn a lot more in a little bit. I figure that you guys are going to be listening to this on uh, Thursday morning, right before you go to work. It might, it might incentivize you to go and get a bagel. I hope it does, because I love bagels too. Um but we'll get into that in a second after a word from our sponsors, as told by Demetrius Harvey. Yeah. So this week's episode of the Believe in Florida Gators podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget this weekend as the run to roses is on the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head on to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. And remember, guys, obviously, uh, gamble responsibly. 
Yeah, definitely make sure to gamble responsibly as I have not done throughout my life. Uh, also, <laughs> apologies if you hear my dog in the background. He's a maniac. Uh, he doesn't listen when I tell him to be quiet. I'm gonna. I'm hoping that he shuts up here very quickly so he's not a distractor for you. Uh, anyway, let's get on into – no, let's not. We're not going to get into the draft yet because first we have some slight news to cover that broke on to Monday night. Tuesday night? Tuesday night. Uh, Juco offensive line. Yes, it was yesterday. We were recording this on Wednesday. Sorry for the Mm -hmm. confusion, everybody. Uh, Juco offensive tackle Jordan Herman committed to Florida. It sounds as though he's going to be on scholarship coming out of Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. He is a six foot eight, 370 pound tackle. Uh, Spent the last two years at Hutchinson. Uh, He was originally out of South Carolina, Fort Mill in the 2020 recruiting class. We have a type. I think it's very clear to see at this point that Billy Napier and offensive line coaches Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton prioritize, absolutely prioritize length and height. I mean, Napier said as much in recruiting in general, Mm -hmm. uh, but specifically at offensive tackle. This is the second transfer they brought in in the last four or five months. That's like 6'8", at least, 370 pounds at least. Obviously, the last one was Louisiana transfer uh, Cameron Waits, who's like 6'9". 372 uh, and earned some rave reviews throughout spring camp, um, especially as a guy that's been in the system for quite a while. But we can tell very clearly that this is the type of offensive lineman, especially a tackle that these coaches want to be developing. It's, it's a trend now. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think that this staff would have loved to have stone Forsyth. I think that that's exactly the type of, you know, tackle that they need or want, I guess. Um, Darnell Stapleton and, and, and Rob Sale obviously have extensive backgrounds, you know, um, either playing in the NFL or, or, or coaching it. And, and, you know, obviously they know what to look for in these arms alignment. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously this guy, you know, he's coming in from Juco. I don't think anybody should be expecting him to start at all this year. I, I don't think that this is something where people should be you know, necessarily excited about. I think it's, it's exciting to get anybody into the program in general, um, but it's, it's not some sort of, you know, breaking um, the roster type move. It's just a, a solid move that they needed more depth at the position. And I think you're right, Zach, you know, they, they like guys who, who are big, long, physical. Um, this guy comes with experience, which is what they need. I think that um, eventually we'll we'll start to you know round out exactly what they like when we're talking about recruiting in general, recruiting high school athletes. But yeah, um, bringing in a, a JUCO talent like Herman, I, I think it's it's a good move. I mean, you might as well, in my opinion. I don't think that there's anything wrong with um, acquiring guys who you know might fit your culture, fit your style of play, and and sort of are able to come in and and, and right away be a guy that you look at in the locker room and you're like, okay, yeah, he can play or he can be on the field at some point or he can at least practice. So um, a good call by Napier and and his staff. Um, I personally don't know anything about him in terms of how good he is, uh, but obviously if he's coming from the Juco level, he has some experience and he's something um, to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah. I mean, it's very clear that this staff has to prioritize and is prioritizing rebuilding this offensive line Uh, as things stand, you know, entering the 2022 season, they're comfortable with their starting five, uh, as far mm-hmm. as we can tell. And it's a decent-looking, if not good-looking, starting five. Uh, I like the transition to gap scheme uh, that they've implemented. I think it's uh, meshing well with the run game from what we could see in the spring. Pass protection looked pretty solid. But they very, very badly need depth. Um, 
I would think they'd want some ready to play depth. Maybe someone that could even push the starting right tackle position, just because that's right now the most yeah. inexperienced spot on the line. Um, but to also bring in these projects that you want to develop for the long term, into whether it's long term depth pieces, maybe future starters, because like these guys certainly have the build to be future starters. I don't know about their <laughs> skill sets either, because um, right. we've just not seen them play. But they they they're trying to find guys that are their type that they're going to develop in the long run. You want to see. Maybe they're not going to bring in a ton of like high caliber transfers for the offensive lineman that could start immediately. But when you're doing stuff like this, you just, you need to at least see it in high school recruiting. I think they're doing a good job. It's a really great class, especially in the state of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. There's talents galore at offensive tackle. They've got options and I think they're doing a good job of recruiting some of the top guys. You just want to see them land them. If this is the approach they're going to take bringing in Juco guys that are unproven to develop as your depth pieces. You, you want, you want to be like Georgia, right? You, not mm-hmm. necessarily starting someone their freshman or sophomore year, but they've got guys that if they needed, they could, they could start them. And Florida's not really had that in the past long time. <laughs> it, 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 it extends beyond the Dan Mullen, John Hevesy tenure, I believe uh, where since they've been able to find offensive linemen like that. So props to Napier for this. They're just, you know, there will certainly need to be more as it pertains to offensive line recruiting. Uh, we didn't want to let that one go too long. We can move to the NFL draft. We talked about Kyrie Elam to the Buffalo Bills at 23. They traded up for him already. Um, th- there were two more picks as well. Zachary Carter, the defensive lineman, won in the third round. 95th mm-hmm. overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. He'll be joining. Uh, you can call him one of the rookies of the year. There's no shame in saying a specialist is a, is a person too. Uh, Evan McPherson, 2021 fifth round pick out of Florida, the kicker. He was literally a massive reason why the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. His playoff performance mm-hmm. and regular season performance too was just stellar. I mean, he's going to be one of the better kickers in the NFL for quite some time if his rookie season is an indication of anything. Carter will be rejoining him um, in Cincinnati. And then Damian Pierce, fourth round, 107th overall to the Houston Texans. Uh, I'm proud to say that I got that pick on the money. I had that in my mock draft, which we talked about last week. Carter went five picks earlier than I thought he would. Elam went six, uh, although I liked Buffalo as a fit. Don't mean to pat myself on the back too much. but um, Go ahead, do it. But, yeah, I mean, trust me for your mock drafts every every year. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Usually pretty solid at it. Absolutely. I, I thought I thought that was great. I remember um, as soon as he went off the board, I was, you know, busy covering the Jaguars in that in the stadium. So I didn't really I couldn't really keep a super close eye on it. And then Zach texted me. He said, oh, um, there goes Pierce. And I was like, oh, OK, well, he went at 107 to the Texans. And then Zach immediately texted me back like that's exactly where I had him. And then, you know, sure enough, I go and look and that's exactly where he had him. I think it's a great fit. And 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 we'll talk about Elam and Carter in a second. But I think Pierce in the AFC South, if you think about it, what they're built on is the physical ground and pound running backs. Obviously, you know, supremely talented at that position with Derek um, Henry with the Tennessee Titans. And then you also have Jonathan Taylor with the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously the Jaguars have um, James Robinson, but um, just not on the same tier of players. I think we can all agree. James Robinson is a solid back, but, but both of those guys are probably, you know, the premier backs in the NFL, let alone the AFC South. So Pierce is entering a situation in Houston where I don't, I don't honestly don't think that they have a very good um, uh, offensive backfield in general. So they don't have, you're gonna they have, don't have a good team. Yeah, 
they they really don't and but that's that's the case with a lot of rebuilding teams obviously like um it's it's it makes sense it, the texans have gone through so much turmoil obviously we all know about the deshaun watson stuff but but in terms of of you know talent uh at running back they have marlon mack who they signed this year you know and then rex burkhead who was you know a new england patriot lifer it seemed like he was going to be and then all of a sudden he was not you know i think he played on the Bengals at one point as well um but for the Texans to come in and now they have Damian Pierce, he's going to be, in my opinion, immediately started as the bell cow back, you know, sooner rather than later. Marlon Mack is a good back, but he's coming off of uh, an injury from a couple years ago. And then th- last year was just so, so with the Colts. So I think that this is a very, very good fit and something where you're going to see Damian Pierce make, you know, plays immediately um, in this Houston Texans team. Uh, I just don't think that they have a lot of other offensive talent surrounding them, but they they got better. They got better for sure. And I think that we all know how infectious Damian Pierce's personality is and how fun he is as a person and a player. Um, I think he's going to be a great fit for their media too. And, and just in terms of everything that's surrounding that team, it was um, a good idea for them to go ahead and get Pierce. Yeah, they, they certainly did. <clears throat> did need him just I mean they they do spread the ball around they had David Johnson there last year Burkhead was involved um Philip Lindsay was involved until he got moved to I believe Miami um a couple yeah. of different guys that they, they still weren't any good they were the league's worst rushing attack but they were rotating guys so mm-hmm. just off of the fact that they rotate their backs there's an avenue for Pierce to find the field rather immediately he was also their mm-hmm. first running back if not their only running back they drafted so He's he's got a path to playing time, but also none of those guys are really that great. Like Marlon Mack is probably the best running back of that group, and he's not really been relevant <laughs> in two years. That's why Jonathan Taylor's in the AFC South because he was replacing Marlon Mack. Um, so yeah, there's there's certainly, I mean, everyone saw it through the draft process too. Like Pierce just was underutilized in college; that he had a brighter future ahead. I think it was pretty unanimous. People saw it at the Senior Bowl. Uh, they were, you know, at least good enough with his pro day and combine testing. It wasn't stellar, but it gets the job done. Um, that it indicates that you know his best pl- uh, his best playing is ahead. Uh, he's going to be successful, and I couldn't think of many better situations for him either. Uh, just to come in yeah. and find a way to quickly break out. Uh, Elam and Carter, the defensive guys. Uh, we can start with Elam. Uh, we've seen the videos that have come out from the Bills draft process. It seems like he was always going to be their guy. Uh, they had a massive need at corner after losing Levi Wallace to Pittsburgh and free agency. Uh, Trey White, all pro corner out of LSU from a few years ago, coached by Corey Raymond here now at Florida, by the way, um, mm-hmm. is coming off of a major injury last year. Uh, when he's healthy, he's one of the better corners in the league. So when once he's back and you know ready to go, this could turn into a pretty good tandem because we all know how talented Kyrie is. And, he, and I was talking on Bill's radio with um, with some guys that cover the team. And they said that they think this pick can truly take their defense to the next level because it finally allows coverage schemes to be a bit more flexible. You know, they've been hit or miss with man coverages. Now they can throw really, they feel like anything at any offense they face. They've yeah. got the pass rush with Von Miller um, coming in, joining Ed Oliver and some other guys up there. They've got a solid second level. Uh, you've got White, Jordan Poyer, uh, Micah Hyde, I believe, at safety. It, yep. It's a, a good secondary. It's a good defense all around, and Elam kind of feels as Brandon uh, Carroll on our site wrote this past week. Uh, it feels like Elam was the missing piece there, and he should be yeah. able to fit it just fine. He was the missing piece. That They were only missing one more corner um, after losing Wallace, who, in my opinion, was was a solid starter, 
uh, a guy who can get it done, but he's not somebody special. He wasn't a guy who was going to come in and immediately change their secondary or even improve it uh, mightily. I thought that even with Wallace, even if he was still there, Elon would have been a fantastic pick. And they made that pick, and and and, and like you said, that's all they needed. They have Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Shaq Lawson. I mean, um, Tremaine Edmonds is, is a really good young safety in here. Matt Milano, who's had success at multiple stops now. Um, both of their safeties are probably Pro Bowl players, in my opinion. Tredavious White is an all-pro cornerback when, when healthy. Um, he's probably one of the top, in my opinion, top three corners in the league when healthy. He's he's that good. And so now they have a guy in Kyrie Elam who, in my opinion, both of these guys, and we'll talk about Carter in just a second, both of him and Carter, um, probably the most professional um amateur quote-unquote athletes that i've ever been around and they they carried themselves with a you know a lot of respect a lot of confidence they carried themselves very well they were leaders within the jaguar or sorry within the gators locker room and it, it just translates to the nfl very very nicely i think that we all saw that video and and i don't know if, if you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out we saw the video where kyrie was in the room with I would say about 20 Buffalo Bills personnel people, and there could have been more off camera who were basically just sitting surrounding him in a circle, almost like a, a, an interview style. And in my opinion, if I was in that situation, I would probably not be able to speak, let alone like do what Elam did, which is, you know, he had the courage to say, Hey, I am the smartest player in this draft. I've taken notes on every single opponent that we face. I've taken notes on all the tendencies and I brought it with me to this interview to show you guys if you want to read it and you know i'm i'm sure that that had some sort of you know uh, effect on, on how they felt about him as it should because he's probably one of the most prepared players to enter this year's draft and he's only a true junior coming out of florida so um i have nothing but good things to say about Kyrie Elam. i think he's going to be a fantastic cornerback in this year um this year for the for the bills and uh, i think moving forward he's going to prove to be you know one of the top corners out of this class i think that you know you saw sauce gardner go for or go second and then you saw stingley go first which was kind of a surprise but you, you saw both of them go and then Kyrie even went third and i think that that's exactly the sort of order that we all expected i think, I think he was i think he was fourth the trent mcduffie was he fourth went trent Mc, when he McDuffie went at go? uh 21 i believe mm-hmm. kansas city traded up Okay. Well, he well he shouldn't have. So it, it should have been Kyrie Elam going third. Um, Trent McDuffie is just a little undersized for me. I, I don't like that fit necessarily. But yeah, it, great great player, um, great person. I think that there's no better um, Buffalo Bill selection. Yeah, he. Um, it was another thing in that video too. He like he mentioned to the Bill staff like I've mm-hmm. studied Trey White. I want to ask you guys <laughs> like what makes him great. You know. Yep. People are prospects aren't doing that. Not normally, not in these interviews. They're trying to prove themselves. They're not asking about other players. And that shows and again that he came in there prepared. You have to assume that if he did that with the Bills, he did that with every team that he met with, yep. asking about their corners. You know, what what are their flaws? Why am I why would I be a fit if it's not a great corner room? Mm-hmm. Uh you've got this great corner. What can I learn from him? Stuff like that. It's it's really impressive stuff. I, I was blown away when I saw that. Um, then Zachary Carter, another one, again, off to the Bengals. Um, I don't necessarily see a path for him to start quite yet yeah. that they have a solid defensive line. It really came around in the, uh, in the second half of the season last year. Uh, Demetrius's boy, Trey Hendrickson was leading the way with Sam That's Hubbard great. at, uh, at defensive end and Carter. We know he can play three t- 
technique as well as defensive end. Uh, he primarily is a defensive end that rotates inside on pass rushing downs. Um, but there's not much of a path for him to start at end because of Hubbard and Hendrickson. Uh, they also have starting caliber interior linemen, but he can certainly work his way into a rotation there. I would imagine it starts with him in those three technique um, schemes, uh, uh, come in on late downs and just rush the passer um, to give maybe the early down run stopping defensive tackles a breather. But Demetrius, what are you, what are your thoughts on his fit there? When do you think he'll be able to find a way into the lineup? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And yeah, shout out to my boy, Trey Hendrickson. You know, he went to FAU, fantastic player. I knew he was going to be good and just look at him. He went to the Super Bowl last year. So enough said about him. Uh, mm-hmm. Zachary Carter, though, he's going to be a guy who, who you know, doesn't start right away. I think out of all three of these guys, he's probably going to take the longest in terms of development, in terms of um, getting on the field early. Uh, but at the same time, he's going to play. He, like, he's he's going to be on their 53-man roster. He's going to be a guy who comes in um, pretty, you know, heavily on a rotational basis i just don't see him starting over sam hubbard right away i mean he, he's a guy who who needs to you know sort of earn his stripes i guess he can say um no pun intended about the Bengals, but just he needs to come in and be able to assert you know a, a one particular role and play it very well and i think that at defensive end it actually makes sense in their scheme um with hendrickson on the other side and they have a, a couple other guys who are able to come off the ball and it's going to be interesting to see because I, I'm not exactly sure how the Bengals are going to be different this year. Um, I haven't studied them, obviously, as much as I would the Jaguars or anything like that. But uh, if if he would come in for a guy like DJ Reader, for example, or, or BJ Hill, probably more likely, uh, it would make sense. You, you have a guy who can provide pass rush from the inside, can provide pass rush from the outside. I think that he's a versatile player, and I think that they needed somebody – who could come in and do that because they, they really didn't have too much depth last year behind guys like Sam, Sam Hubbard. They, they didn't really utilize a lot of people in that way. So now they have a versatile guy who can match up well against um, tackles and guards. And I think, you know, again, Zach Carter is one of the most professional players I've ever been around at this level. And he's a guy who's going to come in incredibly prepared. Um, he's probably already asked for a playbook just like Kyrie Elam did. And, and I think he's going to do very well in this league. It just is a matter of time. For sure. As for um, undrafted guys, there was a, a decent list of players that ended up signing with teams or getting invited to uh, to rookie mini camps that are going on here in the next couple of weeks throughout May. Uh, Antonio Valentino and Tyrone Truesdale, defensive line transfers this past year to Florida. Uh, ended up Valentino specifically ended up starting a lot of games. They both signed with the New York Giants as undrafted free agents. Offensive tackle Gene Delance, the three-year starter at right tackle, signed with the Chicago Bears. Running back Malik Davis, uh, he, as we know, was very flashy at the beginning of his career, had some injuries, and then bounced back pretty solid over the past two seasons. Not super productive, but was uh, was flashy. Could definitely uh, catch the ball really well. He'd be a nice feature in maybe the Dallas Cowboys offense, who we know they like to pass the ball to their running backs quite a bit, Tony Pollard and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, as for the rest, Jeremiah Moon ended up signing with the Baltimore Ravens. Not too surprised. There was always going to be a team that took a chance on his athletic uh, abilities and physical profile. It's like 85th percentile or higher in just about every category. It's it's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, and that's it. It's a solid list of guys. Uh, again, it was the fewest players drafted by UF in quite a while, uh, telling when it comes to the development of players over the past couple of years, but there's still talent that came from this roster that teams at least want to take a chance on. 
now we can look forward to um, to the talent that could be on the future roster, a mix of wide receivers in particular. And as we get into the summer, we're going to be going position by position a lot more uh, positions of strength, weakness, what are some needs, how can they go about these needs and whatnot. But we want to go ahead and touch on wide receivers real quick just because that seems to be where Florida is kind of focusing as they've been trying to look into potential transfers. Uh, we do want to add that it is past May 1st. We have not had the mass exodus or uh, or entrance of players from the portal uh, out or into Florida that we expected. Uh, Billy Napier had teased that they plan to be very aggressive. Could have been as much of, if not more than double-digit players coming in. That has not happened. Uh, we've had the one Juco <laughs> offensive tackle as a scholarship player and one Juco defensive tackle as a preferred walk-on thus far uh, but florida is looking right now at ricky pearsall uh arizona state rising senior or redshirt junior receiver uh entered the portal in late mid to late april visited florida about a week later uh, according to jacob redner swamp 247 that's my guy he pearsall is narrowed it down to three choices as of now he's got florida oregon and auburn uh demetrius it's pretty clear Florida needs help at receiver. That could be seen through the spring game. When you've got two converted tight ends leading the team in receiving yardage, it's probably not a great sign. Um, but they just it's needed talent. It's needed a bolster in, um, with its depth as is. And it needs something different. It's got a lot of tall guys that can make catches at the perimeter um, and are kind of possession receivers. Pearsall is a bit different. You know, I don't know if he's going to be a bona fide stud in the SEC, but he's been productive at Arizona State with less than stellar quarterback play. He's more of a yards after the catch type of guy, a bit shiftier, a bit faster. Uh, that's what Florida's offense needs, and they clearly view him as that type of player because they've been going all in. Uh, they they had him on campus immediately after he entered the portal, and now Florida's in the top three. So, what do you make of this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think you sort of nailed it from pretty much everything. But the the the, the biggest thing here is that they're trying to get in guys who or a guy who has some experience. I think that that's one of the biggest issues on this team is that they don't have a lot of receivers with a lot of experience. I mean, beyond shorter and even, even guys like, like Whittemore, I don't think have a lot of experience. I mean, he was able to come in and play a few games and catch a few balls that, that look cool, but you know, how much more ha has he already done? I mean, Xavier Henderson hasn't really done too much of anything. Jokers Weston, uh, all these guys haven't really been able to play too much football in terms of on-field production. So you're, you're going to bring in a guy like, um, I don't know how exactly how to say his name. I guess we're going with Pearsall. Um, so <laughs> you're going with that guy kind of in terms of, of the, the shiftiness and, and a little bit of a different kind of guy who can come in and, and, and right away bring some sort of production. Uh, last year you had 48 receptions for 580 yards, four touchdowns. I think that's good. I, I think that the, the, amount of talent that they have compared to you know a guy like this you know coming in I, I think that it would be a solid addition in terms of being able to you know diversify your um your 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 wide receiver room because right now they have a bunch of guys who are six foot four you know six foot five you know big six foot three guys who you know are good in the red zone not necessarily too fast downfield and they're pretty good possession guys now you have a guy who can catch a ball make a guy miss and then go like maybe 20 more yards down the field or, you know, get into these uh, situations where it's a quick, you know, slant and, and he's out there fast and he's able to get the ball and move up the field. I think that that's sort of what they're missing. Um, 
I don't necessarily think that he's going to come in and, and become the number one guy right away or anything like that, but you need some depth. And I think that this is a step in the right direction. Certainly. Uh, and they're looking towards future recruiting for similar types of receivers as well. Brother of Trent Whittemore, current Gators receiver, Creed Whittemore, out of Buholz High School here in Gainesville, a legacy prospect, obviously, because of Trent, as well as his mom, Missy, who was a volleyball player for Florida in the 90s, is set to make his college commitment this Saturday at 1 o'clock. Florida is certainly an option, uh, as is UCF, where his father and high school coach Mark played in the 90s. Um, Clemson's in the race here. Penn State recently offered him. Kind of an underrated, another type of slot player, even though he really is he's a quarterback. That's what he's played at Buholz almost this entire time. He has like two career receptions, uh, but has been a very productive quarterback for Buholz as a rusher and a passer. He has uh he connected with Quan Lee for two years, a guy that was not recruited by Florida much, but he went to camps around here. He was very well known because he wanted to get an offer from Florida. He he made that known on social media, but he was an electric player to cover here in the Gainesville area on the receiving end of a lot of Creed Whittemore touchdowns. Um, I like the projection uh, as a shifty slot receiver of the future. Uh, Trent Whittemore is a slot receiver too, but he's a very different type of slot receiver. Again, he's one of those 6'3 possession guys, makes some contested catches in the middle of the field, but doesn't offer Mm -hmm. too much after the catch. Whittemore projects to be someone that does, more of a Pearsall type of player, uh, as long as he comes in and, and does develop well as a receiver. He also, you know, in, in trick formations, we've seen Trent Whittemore throw passes. Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> he played quarterback a bit at Buholz too, although he was truly a receiver. Um, we could see Creed come in and make similar plays, you know, trick plays where he passes the ball, even takes a snap. I mean, like he's, yeah. he's a fun player. I've seen him live a couple of times, and he'd be a fun one for Florida to add if they can get him on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously he's being brought in as a receiver right now, recruited by Kerry Colbert. But um, yeah, you're right. You know, he adds that versatility where, you know, if if you need him in, in a spot duty, he might be able to do that or, or trick plays or, you know, just something fun in general to be able to come in and, and, and make a splash. I think that that's one of the things that, that he does provide or what you see on film from him is that he's electric. You know, he's a guy who can, you know, take the ball and all of a sudden he's down the field 60 yards, things like that. So I think that you're right. You know, he, he's going to provide another if if he does commit to the Gators and, and ultimately sign with them in December or, or January, he's going to be able to bring a shiftier type of, of receiver, which is, what, like I said, about Pearsall. You know, that's what they need. They need the shiftier guys, maybe the smaller guys, not necessarily five, seven, but, you know, <laughs> they, they don't need these uh, mammoths at. Um, wide receiver anymore because they have a bunch of those type of players. So now they need to shift in the other direction, just get good, solid players who can come in and contribute. Um, And those guys are more prone to do so because they're able to catch balls shorter distances. They're able to uh, come in and and be proficient route runners right away. I don't necessarily know how much Creed is as in terms of a route runner, but it's a lot easier to develop a smaller body guy, in my opinion, than a bigger body guy who, who, you know, might boast a lot of production or, or a lot of potential, but um, doesn't necessarily know how to run those routes at within that sort of body. So now that they're going after these type of receivers, we can kind of see their vision. And I think that as we move forward, um, we're going to see even more of that, you know, but a little bit more maybe higher caliber players, you know, as we get closer to that July, um, August area of recruiting. I know that everybody's a little worried about recruiting, but um, really, it does not get going until June or July. I, I promise. I think we've we've all seen, even the past couple of years, when it's under weird circumstances, it's been around July where you know these bigger names sort of commit. So 
we'll see what, what happens. And I think that, you know, a guy like Creed, if they get a commitment in from him, it'll be a nice, solid, you know, first couple guys getting in there. You know how you get good recruits in modern college football? How do you do that? NIL. And that brings us to our next topic, our last topic, and most importantly, my favorite topic of the day. I don't mean to make too much of a mockery of it. It's just like Florida fans, you know, they get a little upset when they see a Miami lawyer dropping bags to get guys there on NIL. And it makes them even more upset to then go on Instagram and see the latest NIL deal for Florida is with a bagel company. A local bagel company. And again, I don't mean to make a mockery of it. I just I understand that Florida fans will compare the two naturally because they're upset with recruiting efforts right now. But the entire Florida Gators inside linebacker room has reached an NIL deal with Luke's New York Bagels here in Gainesville. Uh, they're getting these, these basketball jerseys uh, printed with their numbers, their names, uh, the New York City skyline on the jerseys. They're, they're, they look pretty cool. Um, they're also going to get sandwiches in their names. So Derek Wingo, uh, Ventrell Miller, Scooby, uh, Jeremiah Scooby Williams, D1 Black, and Amari Bernie all signed with this company. I'd imagine Shamar James, since he's on campus, will probably get a deal too. Because again, it's the it's the entire room. It, hmm. I think it's a cool deal. I I, yeah. I don't know how much money they'll make uh, if they'll sell a ton of these jerseys. But what I do know is that Luke's Bagels is one of the most popular and my personal favorite breakfast place in all of Gainesville. I'm not even, a, I'm not, I'm not a sponsor. I'm not an ad. Like, this I'm is not, not an ad guys. This is, this is me being genuine. That place slaps. That place it's is incredible. And every time we go, unless you call ahead, which you're not even able to do on the weekends because they get too backed up, they have a massive line. And since these guys are getting at least sandwiches, you know, in their name, I'd imagine they're going to make um, money off of those sales they should at least cash in from the sandwich sales. I mean, they're not cheap because these are big sandwiches and they're very high quality. Um, but I don't know. Pretty cool. They also make yeah. color, colored bagels. Uh, yeah. I shared one of orange and blue, uh, which they obviously themed pretty well here in Gainesville. But cool stuff to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty cool. So the, I wonder actually if um, Noah Keeter is looking to you know, switch back. <laughs> now now that now that they're getting the deal no but serious I, th- I think it's pretty cool and it's a little it's one of those small things that you see from nil where um these guys ne- not, aren't all necessarily the higher profile guys obviously you know a guy like ventro miller who's going to start this year is different from a guy like scooby williams so it's it, it's cool to see an entire group of players you know get sponsored by a local um establishment not only is going to bring in some money to the to the local guys it's also going to bring in um either money or free bagels or whatever to these guys in the locker room i think it's just a fun thing to do and it's just a little bit of what you can get from nil i think that we make too much of nil as oh man you know they're gonna have to drop a five million dollar bag in order to get a wide receiver out of whatever state you you know what i mean like i I think that it's a little bit you know uh, narrow viewed a lot of the times and 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 you have to sometimes you know these are some small deals sometimes that that end up getting done that are pretty cool to see too um it's just a little bit of what these players can actually do with their name image and likeness and i think that it's it's about time Uh, i'm a big supporter of nil um obviously what's happening now is kind of confusing a little bit but at the same time i think that in, in the end it's all about players getting what's good for them and i think that that's a good thing 
Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, ultimately, they're they're people that should be making money off of what is very clearly a job. But that's a topic for yes. another day. All I'll say is I don't even know if it's ethical for me to be like supporting them a ton and sending money to the players because like I'm not supposed to be endorsing that kind of stuff as a media member. But at the same time, I'm going to shout out Luke's New York bagels. Go get yourself a bagel if you're in the Gainesville area. I really want one now. <laughs> I, I don't even like talking about it because I'm getting hungry. Uh, but that place slaps. Demetrius can uh, can testify or attest yeah. to that as well. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had it once and it was pretty damn good. I can't, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty good. Um, probably one of the better bagels I, I've I've had, honestly. And like yeah. we said, we're not sponsored by this. So uh, this <laughs> please, maybe, Luke, if you if you hear me, if you're listening to this podcast, please. I, I, want, want, free, to. I want free bacon Asiago. Absolutely. For real, that place, make sure to go check that out. You know what else you guys should go check out? You should go check out our page on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave us ratings. Leave us reviews. They can only be five stars, but you know, feel free to let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what we can improve. Um, if you need me to get rid of this dog, uh, anything yeah. like that. Um, just feel free to let us know. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter, um, me via email. It's in my Twitter bio. Um, but find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. Find Demetrius at Demetrius82. And all of our written content, again, over at allgators.com, part of Fan Nation Sports Illustrated. Uh, appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, once again, it was brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure to go check that out and use our code BLEAV to. Get some sort of discount that Demetrius was able to tell you earlier that I already forget. That's on me. Irresponsible. Bad host. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we, we, we understand. It's all right. Just rewind 35 minutes and you will you can find the deal again. All I know is the code is BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. It's Thank 50% you guys for checking this out. It's a 50% welcome bonus just so you guys know. Thank you. Sorry for the weird <laughs> outro. <laughs> but we appreciate it. All right. See you you guys next week. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.